Hi, welcome to my podcast, Help Me Rhonda. I'm your host, Dr. Rhonda Karg. I'm a clinical psychologist in each episode. I share mental health-related information with you in hopes that you'll gain insight into some of your own behavior and also to learn new skills that I teach as part of this podcast. So thank you for tuning in today. I'd like to talk about what it's like to be sensation-seeking, what that means, and if you are sensation-seeking, some things you might want to keep an eye on. So sensation-seeking is a, is a term to describe people who seek out novelty, seek out thrill, are self-stimulating and easily bored. So when, and I happen to be um, a high stimulation person, so um, I seek out stimulation all day. As a matter of fact, last night I was working on the podcast and I was, it was getting later and I just thought, you know, I might as well just stay up. It's been a while since I've stayed up all night. So I wonder what it's like and stayed up all night. And today I feel fine. You know, uh, I won't feel so good later on today, but I wanted to experience what it's like to work all night again and get a lot done. I did get a lot done. And, you know, I, I tend to take vacations that, uh, where I need to get my will and get all my business in order before I go on vacation, because I tend to do some pretty thrill seeking activities when I go on vacation. I really like an adrenaline rush and I love being scared <laughs> to an extent. And Sometimes that works out well. Sometimes it doesn't work out well. So an example of a time it didn't work out well, I went on a trip to Central America and I was in Costa Rica at the time. And in Costa Rica, it's actually illegal for people to to drive Uber. And so that's all good and well except for that really if you are not fluent in spanish you can't talk to the taxi drivers and you can't get around very well and uber is kind of like if you try to call a, a taxi cab driver and try to tell them where you are and they don't speak english they may not be able to help you out and so I had to kind of rely on Uber and I was okay with it. It was like, okay, well, I don't know why it would be illegal down here. Well, it turns out that 90% of people, Uber drivers in Central America are apparently in gangs, right? So I knew that going down there. And so I went and got a ride one day to, uh, it was like, um, and I always, I usually always travel alone. And I needed to take an Uber to this place that I was going for the day. It was like an excursion that I was going on. And I knew, having been in that town for a couple days, I knew generally how far away this place was from where I was staying. And I get in the car and I say, you know, speaking to him in Spanish, I'm saying hello, he's not answering me he's not saying anything back 
he's got this, I mean, it was like out of a movie. He's got this face with a bunch of scars and this really mean look and scowl and was just creepy. And so we're going and I'm thinking, okay, after five minutes pass, I'm kind of starting to get a little anxious because I'm trying to talk to this guy in Spanish and he doesn't, he's not answering me. He's not saying a word. And pretty soon it turns into 10 minutes. Pretty soon it turns into 15 minutes. Pretty soon it turns into 20. So after about five minutes, I started to get a little panicky because you hear about cases of tourists getting kidnapped, robbed, raped, beaten, left for dead. And when you're in a situation where you feel like you might be abducted, because that does happen to people a lot in, in certain places. I mean, I used to travel to South Africa for work and those situations happen all the time. I mean, some places where you travel, life is cheap. And you could get killed over a Nokia phone, you know, because that's sort of the culture is, is, is kind of operates that way. So anyway, I'm waiting, I'm talking, I start saying the word of the place where we were going to ask him, like, where are, are we still going there? Like, what's going on? And by now, you know, 15 minutes into the trip, I'm starting to feel a little panicky. Like I don't have the number for who to call for emergency. This was my own lack of preparation, lack of preparation. I learned a lot on that trip. Uh, don't have any way to get a hold of the police. Don't have any way to get out of the car because he's driving and we're not, and we're not in an area where there are lights and things like that. So had to stay in the car and then eventually he brought me to the location but it was probably like 20 minutes and you know after he picked me up and for those 20 minutes I, I would say uh you know 10 of those 20 minutes I was pretty convinced that I'd been abducted and that was not a good feeling to have so Sometimes taking chances doesn't turn out the way you think it's going to. And sometimes you sign up for more than you bargained. So a bargain for. Um, another vacation I took was to Alaska. And I wanted to, again, traveling alone, wanted to go and see the Kodiak bears uh, on Kodiak Island. So you have to fly south, you know, from the mainland, you have to fly south to Kodiak Island. And it's, you know, it's a whole separate plane ticket and getting around and all that. But I really wanted to see the Kodiak bears because my dad loved Kodiak bears. And I really wanted to see them because he talked about them my whole life and they sounded really cool. So I signed up for an excursion where we were going to see the Kodiak bears from the water. We were going to be in kayaks out in the ocean and presumably the bears were going to be on the land and we could see them. That was sort of what the pictures depicted of what I had in store for me. Well, the woman comes and meets me at my hotel. I think it was at 530 in the morning. And there's this woman, she's probably about four ten. 
and really feisty, really fiery woman, really hilarious. And when she picks me up, she said, hey, listen, I saw a bear over in this particular area this week. Do you want to go see if we can find him? And I said, yeah, that sounds great. So I'm thinking we're going to look for him from the car. We're, we get there and she said, come on, let's go. So we get out. And she hands me some uh, waders, you know, that you wear for like fishing, things like that. So she put, because we're going up this river, we're going up this river to try to find this bear. So the first thing that we do is we're just like sneaking through this beautiful, lush forest with, you know, this much tundra, just soft, quiet, when we're sneaking through the woods to try to find this bear. And we pop out of the woods and there he is. And he starts running down the river. He, he runs downstream from us. So the woman, my guide, was like, okay, let's go. And we start running in that direction upstream, presumably to follow, you know, chase him and track him. Okay, so we start running and pretty soon we start hearing bullets whizzing by our heads, like for real, bullets heading our direction. And then she says, come on, let's go. We gotta, you know, it's like basically like, we gotta find out who's shooting a gun. So now we're running towards the bullet. It's okay. We get out of the woods and we see, um, a guy that's fishing for salmon. It was salmon. The salmon were running and he had a whole stringer of salmon on the bank right next to him. And the bear apparently was trying, was wanted his fish. Well, my guide's argument was those are his fish. What are you doing? You know, that's what she, she got up in the guy's face that was fishing. What are you doing? Putting, what are you doing shooting a gun in this area? There are no guns allowed. By the way, we did not have any sidearms. We had no weapons. We had no bear spray. We had nothing, not even an umbrella. Okay, so she gets in his face. We, uh, he goes and takes the fish. She says, those are the bear's fish, not your fish. You can't try to kill this bear in self-defense. Um, that's not fair. And she, that was a very valid point. And she said that there's a lot of people that go to Alaska that want to believe that they're killing a Kodiak bear in self-defense. But, you know, the hunting guide is the one that takes the shots and makes the person think that they've, you know, killed it. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so... We start going back upstream. The guy that's fishing, he leaves. He puts his fish in his truck and he gets out of there. Okay, good. And so she says, come on, let's go. So we start tracking the bear up the river and or down the river, downstream. Yep, downstream. We're following him and all of a sudden... And I mean, we're close. I want to say that we're probably 50 yards, 
from this bear. And all of a sudden he turns around, he looks at us and he starts running directly for us. I'm talking a full grown Kodiak bear is running towards us. Now these, aside from polar bears, Kodiak bears are the most dangerous predator, I think. Well, mammal, I th they're, they're very deadly and they're huge. And when they run, it's like they're galloping like a horse. I mean, they're just so massive. So this Kodiak bear is running towards me. And at the very last second, like very last second, he goes off to the left and there's a little trail, like a, a little trail that goes up the side of the bank of the river. Um, the river bank, it's like a little path that goes up and that's where he went at the last second. So we were being charged by a Kodiak bear. Okay. <laughs> All right. Then my guide says to me, come on, let's go. Let's follow him. And I was like, okay, look, I love thrilling, uh, uh, events and I love, the adrenaline rush that you get from being scared. I love it. And I don't want to die. And that was about as far as I could go. But, you know, I trusted her. She was like, come on, let's go. And it's pretty funny because when I share that story with people, they're like, that is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of. And yeah, it was, but it was so fun. It was probably, it was like in the top five experiences that I've had in my life. I mean, that was like something out of a movie. It was crazy. And those are the kinds of vacations that I like to have. So, you know, that's because I'm sensation seeking. That's because I get easily bored I love excitement. I love experiences. If you say that you've done something that I've never done, I'm going to need to do it. No matter what it is. Okay. You ask me if I've had a clonic. No, I've never had a clonic. What am I doing after work? Going and getting a clonic. Um, so I, I just love experiences and I love to know what things feel like what it's going to be like. And, um, you know, there's research that shows that it's in our DNA to want a change of scenery, like back when we were nomads or back when we, uh, you know, were traveling more than we do now, you know, a new horizon, a new horizon, a new scene, our brain craves variety. Mine does. I mean, people that are sensation seeking will crave more variety than maybe somebody that's not sensation seeking, but it's just, it makes me feel alive when I'm doing, when I'm taking a chance. It makes me feel like I'm jumping into the deep end of the pool. It makes me feel like, adventure, I guess you could say. And I love that. I really love that. So, but you know, you can also take it too far, obviously. So I would not recommend, I would recommend you being more prepared to travel to countries 
uh, where you don't speak the language fluently, uh, you need to be really prepared for that. I was not prepared. Uh, and, you know, as a result, I ended up having to do some things that were kind of sketchy. And, you know, that was due to my own poor planning. But when I take vacations, I really look at them as being an opportunity to grow. When you travel, you are pushed all kinds of ways, you know, physically, emotionally, financially, spiritually, because you're going so hard. And so anyway, I find that these experiences make my life more rich. The last thing that I want to talk about today is a tool that will help you if you are a high sensation seeking person like I am. And that is really learning how to tolerate boredom. When tasks are boring to me, when I have to do something that I label as boring, like I have to go to the um, DMV and stand in line, or I've got to, you know, work on my taxes, or I've got to do things like that, that I consider like boring in my head. It's boring. Those are, that's just part of life. Like we have to do things that are boring. We have to tolerate boring. We can't get triggered when we feel bored because so many things in life are monotonous and it can't always be exciting and it can't always be thrilling. It, it you know, 90% of the time it's not like that. It's things that we, that we uh, are responsible for doing. And so we have to do it, but you know, getting in this mindset of like, I'm going to wrap my arms around the isness of the situation, use my Teflon mind to notice the times that I'm feeling restless because I'm bored and I notice that I want to get up and move around. I notice that I'm having a hard time sitting in my seat. Those kinds of observations is using a Teflon mind and kind of distance between me and what's going on within me and around me. And by doing that, I can tolerate things a lot better and sit with it and not be triggered by it as much. So try using a Teflon mind to develop resilience to boredom and then, you know, just maybe run things by other people before you make decisions to do things because, because we tend to take more chances Sometimes we have a tendency to make not so good decisions and do things that are reckless. I mean, people would say that going on vacation and tracking Kodiak bears through the woods was reckless. I don't know, but it was fun. It was the best. Um, but you do maybe want to run things by other people who are maybe a little bit more conservative or a little bit less risk taking 
to run it by them and see what they think because you might come up with ideas that are a really bad idea. I do it all the time. So anyway, thank you for tuning in today. I appreciate your support. Thank you for helping to make mental health uh, support free and more accessible. I appreciate you tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your day.